Hallelujah. Can we give God a shout of praise in the house right now? Well, let me just tell you, you have just entered into a prophetic atmosphere. And in a prophetic atmosphere, anything can happen. And we're just so honored to be here. And I have to tell you, um, we're, we, we're in love with your pastors. I, I, I think the next time I, I go to Hawaii, I want to take them with me. <laughs> or you guys can reward them and send them to Hawaii when yes. we're there. Yes. Uh, on a pastor's appreciation. Next time I'll be in Hawaii, by the way, is January. It's a good time to go board deacons. I'm giving you a hint, you know. <laughs> but no, we're just so honored to be here and good to see my niece. CE, stand up and give us a Barbie wave and say a Polynesian, Polynesian Barbie wave. My CE, but good to have my niece. Good to have my, my family, Loki and Lawrence, you know, they're here today. It's good to see them. It's so honored to have them. And of course, all of you, we're just honored. But uh, before I unpack the word, you know, I, I just like, 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 uh, Prophet Paul to just say a few words, make some proclamations, and Meliana, of course, is going to unpack a parable, and then I'm going to come and uh, uh, I'm going to come and explain it to you. So, praise <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to unpack the word that the Lord laid on my heart, Paul. Amen. Well, I want to take just a second and just say and continue what everyone's been echoing this morning. Just an honor that it is to be with you guys, and first and foremost, warn you for a moment here. Um, if you're unfamiliar with prophets, prophets seem to be anointed with the gift of gab. So I'm going to take what an honor them right now and only take just a minute because I could go on and on about what I feel and what I'm sensing for this day. But I want to share something with you very quickly. You guys have an incredible worship team here. Um, I, I want to take a moment to really honor them. And I want to share something with you. And I felt like God wanted me to give you this nugget when it comes to the revelation of worship. But um, I, I became a father four years ago. My oldest is going to be four in December. His name is Elisha. Um, I have another son named Samuel. And then our third child is going to be born in January. So God has just blessed our family. But I remember one time I was, I was sitting in front of my son and we're very involved with our children, very connected with our children. And we believe there's no junior Holy Spirit. So we're activating our children in the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit each and every day. So one day I was holding Elisha in my lap and he may have been about one and a half years old. And he was just getting to that age to where he was connecting with you and locking eyes. And it was just such an amazing time as a father. And I remember one time I was looking at my son and I just began to sing. And I just began to sing to him. And I look him in the eyes, and I'm just singing to my son from my heart how much I love him, how much I thank God for him, how much I honor God that this is a child that he's given us. And almost as soon as we were born, we dedicated him unto God. But I just was singing with him, and we were having a good time. And then all of a sudden, something dawned on me. As I was singing to my son face to face, eyes were locked. He, his eyes locked on my eyes. And he began to smile, the biggest smile. Couldn't even talk yet. Didn't even understand the words that I was saying. But by the Spirit, he understood that I was singing how much I love him. And this little child, one or one and a half years old, began to respond to me with a love. And I could see it in his eyes. He was soaking up every bit of it. Yeah. 
And he just was like looking at me, like hanging on to every word and every song that I was singing over him. And then God confronted me because how many know when you're prophetic, God can, he can speak to you through so many different ways. It's not just the prophet standing in front of you, but your one-year-old child, God will use that child to speak to you. So um, I'm, I'm just sitting there singing to him and then God confronted me about worship. He saw, God saw my heart to my son that I was singing to him and I didn't care what I, I sang like. I didn't care what anyone else thought. All I cared about was through song, my son understanding how much I loved him. And then God confronted me about my worship before him and said, son, Paul, I want that worship, that connection, that adoration where you locked eyes with your child and it was radical conveyance of love. He said, I want that from you to me. So I'm telling you that moment, I raised my hands and I began to sing to Jesus with my eyes wide open, like he was standing right there in front of me, that I wasn't singing to a God that's in the clouds, surfing around on the clouds, but he was right there with me in that room. And all I could do is stay with eyes locked on Jesus and begin to worship him. And what I love as I see that from you guys' worship team, and I love the atmosphere that you guys have built in this place. So I want to honor y'all and thank y'all for allowing me to be here with some people that they are my adopted family or real kingdom family. Um, and we just love them and adore them. And I, I've told my wife and my family a million times, you know, I love going to minister alongside of them, but I love even more listening to them and learning and receiving. So you guys are in for a treat. You guys are in for a Holy Spirit breakthrough this morning, and we're excited just to see what God will do. Amen. Everybody say amen. Praise God. So let's all lift up our head again one more time as he explained how much it is that God is longing for you and I. Just fix our eyes, our mind, and our heart on him. Push aside everything that you went through because he's longing for your worship. Amen. Holy Spirit, that's what we're going to do right now is to shift our attention back to you, oh God. You deserve our attention. You deserve our worship. We love you. We adore you and we worship you, God. Holy Spirit, you are so beautiful in this place. You come and have your way, Lord. We came here with an open heart, open mind, open ear to hear from you and to receive from you. But before that, oh God, we want to give you ahead of time all our worship, all our attention, oh God, because you deserve it, oh God. We thank you, Father. We love you. We bless you. We worship you, God. We thank you, Father, for the peace that you have given us. We thank you, Father, how you set us free. We thank you, Lord, for your joy, your love, downloading in our heart and our mind today, oh God. We thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in this place. You come and have your way, Lord. Come and speak to us. Come and change us, oh God, through your word. And we want to give you ahead of time all the glory and honor to glorify your name, Lord. We love you, we bless you, and we worship you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's give Jesus a big hand clap. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise you, God. He deserves all our attention and our worship. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, uh, what really blessed me and always blessed me, when I go to a church and I saw the pastor and his wife and the whole family, not only them, but the staff also, when they are so in love with God, because when they're so in love with God, there is so much love in them toward the body of Christ. And I tell you what, you are blessed. That's what we saw on your pastor and his wife. Their love for God is overflow out of loving God's people. Amen? And I tell you what, and that's what God's desire. When love, when our heart is consumed with the love of God, we will love what God is doing. We will love his people. And I tell you what, it really blessed me because that is my desire. Whatever we do is to love God and love his people. Amen. Praise God. So you are blessed. You are in a great church. Amen. Praise God. Uh, you know, yes, I love telling stories because... It helped me to connect my thought, and my prayer is to connect my thought with uh, my story, to, and I'm praying that the people will be able to understand what I'm trying to, to share through my stories. Amen? So I'm going to share with you again a story that really blessed me, because I believe God's desire is for you and I to come and live in his presence. Amen? Because out there, outside the presence of God, we can't do much. We can't do life without the presence of God. And I remember back in December, we were, um, Christmas is coming up, and it's a family time, right? We all want to be with our children, grandchildren, with our friends. And for you as a grandparents, you want your children and grandchildren to be in your home and celebrate our holidays with you. But I tell you what, when we flew, we flew to Florida to spend Christmas with our children, and when we got there, I found out that two of my grandchildren are not be able to be there while we are there. So they are coming in the day that we're flying out. And I tell you what, I was so disappointed. As a grandparents, you really want, you love your children, but you wanted to see your grandchildren, okay? <laughs> so I was so disappointed when I found out that my two of my grandchildren are not be able to be there until uh, they're coming in the day that we're flying out. And I, was, I felt so sad, but then uh, a couple of days while we were there, I found out uh, there was a change in our schedule, in our speaking um, uh, schedule. So I found out that the church we were supposed to speak at, they delayed our, 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 our time speaking with them. And I thought, oh, wonderful. Maybe I can get to see my kids then, my grandkids then. I said, wow, that's awesome. That's exciting. So I went to try to change my ticket. And I tell you what, the most, as we travel so much, the most expensive time to travel is during holidays, during Christmas and, and uh, New Year's that week. So I went to see how much it is to change my ticket. And it's not to change to be able to see them for a whole day because we still have to fly out to speak in another church. 
if I'm going to change my ticket, it's only going, we're only going to see the grandkids only half a day. So, but I tell you what, I wanted to see them even though it's just half a day. So I went and looked it up, see how much it's going to cost me to change our ticket just for half a day. And when I look at the price, I was shocked. It may not be a lot of money for you, but that was a lot of money for me. And the, but the price increase and the price changes for the two of us, it come up to $1,500. And I tell you what, when I saw the price, I closed the computer, you know. <laughs> it was so expensive. I closed the computer and I went to bed. And as I was laying in bed, I tell you what, I didn't go to bed. I was just laying there, tossed back and forth, back and forth, because I really wanted to see my grandkids. And all of a sudden, I was two hours, I was just laying in bed. I found myself, got out of bed, came to the living room again, and I was praying, Lord, I believe in miracle. I believe you can change that price, because you see how longing I wanted to see the grandkids. Please change the price, make it cheaper. I believe you can do a miracle because I believe you're a God of miracle. Please change the price. So, yeah. So, so I was praying as so I came back and everybody was already asleep. Open up my computer, check it to see how much it's going to change, how much it's going again uh, to cost me to, to uh, change my, the ticket. And when I open up the page in the computer and look at it and click at it, it's open up, and guess how much it's going to cost me? $1,500. <laughs> I said, oh, God, please do a miracle. Please, I really want to see my grandkids. And as I was just staring at the price of $1,500, all of a sudden, I found myself click on purchase, paying the $1,500. And it was, oh my gosh, I just click on purchase. They already got my credit card when I first purchased the ticket. And I said, oh my goodness. I was saying I was so caught up thinking to see my grandkids and I did not know what I was doing and I just clicked on it. <laughs> but I tell you what, right after I click on it and I, of course they already got my credit card and I pay for it, $1,500 to change our ticket. Closed my computer, went to bed, and guess what? I fell asleep. I went to bed. <laughs> I went to bed right away because now I know for sure I am going to see the grandkids. So the granddad, they came and two days later, the grandkids flew in, you know, and guess what? I was so happy, so thrilled, so excited because got to see them, spend wonderful time with them, great time with them, and right after that, just half a day, but I was just so thrilled that I got to see them. Finally, John and I had to get in a car, get to the airport, get our flight, went to California where we were preaching, and the, the, uh, it was Saturday, and we got into the church uh, Sunday morning and Sunday night. We were preaching after we preached. 
uh, after that night on our way out, uh, this gal walked up to me and she said, hey, this is for you. And she handed me an envelope and she said, this is for you personally. This is not for the ministry. This is for you personally. And I opened it up. It was a $2,000 cash she put in the envelope and she handed it to me. She said, this is for you personally. And I was like, wow, thank you. So I grabbed it and I just stick it in my, uh, my purse. And then come to find out the lady behind her, that's her mother, she walked up to John and handed him a check. And it was a check for $15,000. And she handed it to him and he said, this is for you guys, for both of you. And I tell you what, I was so amazed. I was so shocked because in the back of my mind, I was thinking, Lord, I only need $1,500 to pay for my <laughs> the credit card. But you have done more. You have done more than what I have spent. It. And as I was so overwhelmed and enjoy knowing that the $1,500 will be taken care of. The Lord spoke to me, and he said, Meliana, I watched you that night back in Florida. I watched you not being able to go to bed. You were longing to see your grandkids. And I watched you tossing back and forth, back and forth, not going to bed because you wanted to see your grandkids. And I watched you got out of bed and you came, opened your computer, and I watched you click, pay. Listen, I knew what I was doing, okay? I knew that I was clicking, paying $1,500. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, I watch you click, pay $1,500. Why? Because your desire to spend time and see your grandkids overweigh, override how expensive it was. You were willing to pay $1,500. Because you are longing, you desire to see your grandkids. You are willing to pay any price just to see your grandkids. And I saw the joy that you have being able to see them and spend time with them. The joy that you have of seeing them running through the door. And he spoke to me and he said, Meliana. That's exactly how I feel when my children show up in my presence. Meliana, that's exactly how I feel when I saw my children running into church, coming into my presence. Meliana, I'll pay any price for you to show up in my presence. I'll pay any price for you to come into my presence because in fact Meliana I already paid the price I have sent my son to die on the cross to pay the most expensive price 
Why? Because I know that you are out there in the world. You are out there in your sin. I saw you not making it out there. I saw you outside in the world dealing with anger, bitterness, hatred, unforgiveness. I saw you out there in the world dealing with fear, worry, anxiety, depression. I saw you out there not being able to make it, but I sent my son to die on the cross. Why? Because I want you to come and stay in my presence. Because when you are in my presence, I will bless you. I will empower you. I'll fill you with joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. I will give you, I'll guide you. You will always be in the right place in the right time. I'll give you wisdom when you go, when you're going through a crisis. I'll direct your steps. I'll empower you. I'll fill you with strength so you can maneuver around in whatever you are facing in life. And God, that's what God's showing me. And he showed me, I give you. I cause, I spoke to that lady. To give you guys that $15,000 just to show you that I'll do anything because you were willing to pay any price for your little grandkids to be with you. And that's how much I'm longing for my children to be in my presence because I watch them not making it out there. I watch them have to take drugs to be able to wake up and be able to sleep. I watched my children fill with worry, anxiety, depression. But if they come into my presence, I will give them what they need. Listen, I'm sharing with, sharing with you how God was faithful, came and gave me that money to take care, how much I have spent. But listen, many of us, we have the money to take care of what we want financially. But many of us, we don't have peace in the midst of the storm. We don't have a, a blessed relationship. All that God made it available in his presence. If you and I take time to come and spend time with him in his presence, in his word, and in prayer, so he can give you what you need. Because his word says he came to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Give Jesus a big hand clap. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. I just want to remind you guys before John come up, John, remind you guys we have some resources back in the foyer. We have books. We have his second book, Song of the Prophet. Our desire, again, is to see people get to know him intimately. Amen. That is the second printing. And we have this before, but what we have done, we have revised it. And there is 60 more pages over here. Why we have done that? Because we want people come, spend time with him, get to know him intimately. His second book, How to Develop a Prophetic Culture. I have only a few books of this one, but I want to give this away. How many is your first time this morning? This is your first time. Ma'am, you can come and get it. I'll bless you with that book. 
Yes, is that your first time here? God bless you. This is a great book, How to Develop a Prophetic Culture, Our Desire. God bless you. Not only the prophets, not only the preacher, not only the teachers prophesy God's word, but God's desire for you and I to prophesy God's word. Amen? What, is, what does it mean to prophesy? It means to speak live. Stop letting your crisis or your problem do the talk. You do the talk. Tell your crisis, your problem, where to go. Amen? Praise God. Also, I want to give this away. Again, if this is your first time, I want to bless you with this, how to overcome your past. I want to bless someone. If this is your first time, raise your hand. Yes, ma'am, you can come and get it. Praise God. Oh, the, uh, the first time visitor, this is your day. Amen? <laughs> also, how, is there anyone else here? It's your first, first time visiting. God bless you, ma'am. Okay, I want to bless you with this. There's a couple right here. Okay, God bless you. It's called Breaking Comparison. God bless you. God have a destiny for all of us. It's not her first time. She's so kind. She's so kind. She was been here before. Uh, but anyway, get back to that series. God wants you and I to move on and do what God has called you to do. But many times we compare ourselves with others or we compare ourselves with our past. But God has a destiny for you and I to fulfill. So let's fix our eyes on him. Amen. Amen. Now, this one, the gal that was here. She has been here before. Is this your first time? I want to bless this someone with this book. Okay, sir, you can come and get it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. Are you ready for the word? Yeah. Amen. Let's give Jesus another hand clap. God bless you. Praise Jesus. She could have just stayed up here and preached. I would have listened and shouted. I've been running the aisles because I'm in my Pentecostal mood today. And so I may run the aisles. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, I, I do want to say something to you. I believe that there's a divine assignment on the church. Um, uh, I believe there's a, an assignment, a warrior assignment on this church. Over the last uh, several months, actually, I have, in my devotions, I have been in an in-depth study of the book of Acts, going through every single verse in several translations, studying it and getting it into my spirit. I'm currently on Acts 20. There are 28 chapters in the book of Acts. But there's something that I need to prophesy over this house, something that God wants to impart this morning. Because there's a theme that I've seen in the book of Acts. I praise God for the miracles. I praise God for healing. I praise God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But what I saw in the book of Acts, I believe that God's going to deposit here right now this morning. And one of the things that I saw is not only the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I realized that these men and women had something that we need right now in this day and age. It's called courage. And what I really believe is what we need in our church is a baptism of courage. Now, if you guys can shoot a deer, deer 
you can have courage in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Because I've seen pictures of little kids with blood all over their hands. Come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm in Idaho. You've got courage. I'm not in the city. I'm in the country. Well, uh, we pulled up to the uh, foyer and Paul said, there's a lot of cowboys here. <laughs> I said, we're in the country, bro. <laughs> we're not in Florida. <laughs> you know. But Meliana mentioned about our grandchildren. I have five amazing grandchildren. Uh, they're all amazing in their gifting. I, I love them. In fact, my 11-year-old uh, went on our first mission trip to the Philippines in January with Grandpa. And she prophesied the word of the Lord. I was so thankful. They're all amazing. Uh, uh, I've got one grandchild that's a straight-A student who, said, who told her teacher, I'm going to be principal of the school one day. Because <laughs> when she was born, I said, you're going to be a genius. You're going to be a genius. You're going to be a genius. How many of those power in our words? But my youngest one, Mahina, my daughter's youngest, she's, she just turned five. She, this, this story happened before. She has courage on another level. In fact, when she was two and we were at Hilton Hawaiian Village where I was uh, uh, just last week, um, she stood at, on the pool at two years old and she says, look, Grandpa, and she dove right into the water and then come back up and laughed. But um, back, back in the spring, um, my daughter called me and uh, said, Dad, I want you and Mom to go to Disney World. And I said, no. Because Disney World is not a part of my prophetic assignment. Come on. <laughs> but then she, then she upped the ante a little bit and said, well, all the grandchildren will be there. And how many know if you have grandchildren and you're part of the grandpa club, you do things for your grandkids that you didn't do for your kids? Like go to Disney World on your day off when you only have one day off. Come on. And so my wife and I flew over there to Disney World because, because we wanted to spend this, that. We just, we flew over there on a Monday and got there in the evening. And then on Tuesday, we spent the whole day in Disney World. And then on Wednesday, we flew back. So really, it was just one day. And um, during that time, um, uh, my two grandsons, Levi and Ezekiel, uh, uh, signed up to become Jedi warriors, Jedi knights. And they're both seven and uh, boys. And, and so then what happened, though, as they signed up and were getting ready to go to Jedi training to become Jedis, Little Mahina, at four years old, tells her mom, I want to be a Jedi too. <laughs> How many know that sometimes when you're four, you don't have insecurities? Are you hearing what I'm saying? And sometimes when you're that age, you don't look at your size, you don't look at your age, you don't look at your experience, you don't look at your qualifications. Because you live everything out of your passion. Come on. And see, what, what I believe that God is saying is something, is sometimes we need to find out what God wants us to be. And despite what society says, despite what our past says, despite what anybody else says, I want to be a Jedi. 
Are you hearing me? We need spiritual Jedis in the treasure valley. We need men and women that rise up as Jedi warriors in the spirit like never before. Now, she went to her mother, Leilani, and I love, I love Leilani because she's, she's a great parent. She's a great mother. Because she's not the kind of parent that told her daughter, you're too little. You're not old enough. You don't meet the qualifications. Because sometimes what we do is people come to us. They have dreams. They have desires. They have wants. And sometimes because we are in a spiritual authority, we can't afford because we have to know that there's courage inside them. And their courage is bigger than their size. Even their courage is larger than their immaturity. And so what happened was Leilani said, yes, Mahina, you can be a Jedi. However, it is not up to me. It's up to Disney. It's up to the worker at Disney. And so what Mahina did, because Mahina's got courage, she walked up to the lady and said to her, and she's about this tall, she walked up to the lady and told the lady, I want to be a Jedi. <laughs> See, some of you need to get bold. Some of you need a baptism of courage. You, know, you need to stop letting life begin to put a label on you and your circumstances put a label on you, how much money you make put a label on you, and say, I want to be a Jedi. You know what I told God? I want to be a prophet. Come on. I want to be a preacher. I want to travel the world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, it's false humility not to say what you want to be. And so the, 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 um, the worker looked at Mahina and said, oh, how old are you? Four years old? Well, you're too young. And then looked over and walked her over to the little measuring rod. You're too short. When she, when she was told she was too young and too short, she just said, I want to be a Jedi. <laughs> right, come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because sometimes we allow other people to determine our destiny. Oh, church. We about other people whether what where we can be. We will allow what they say about us to determine what we're going to do. She just stood there. I want to be a Jedi. Well, she's as cute as a button. And the worker realizes, I'm not going to get rid of this little girl. Because <laughs> she's a warrior. Oh, come on. We're not getting rid of Valley. We're not getting rid of these people at Treasure Valley. We're not going to get rid of these people. They are warriors. And she looked at Mahana and said, because here's the thing. When you know who you are, people in authority will make an exception for you. 
you may not meet the qualifications. You might be the wrong size. You may not have it all together. But because you have courage on the inside, doors will begin to fly open for you. Can I hear an amen right now? So she turned, the lady turned to Mahina, looked Mahina straight in the eye and said, I'm going to make an exception for you. But I have one question to ask you. Can you follow instructions? <laughs> because a lot of people want to do great things for God. They want to accomplish great things, but they haven't learned yet to follow instructions. Because if you cannot follow the instructions, come on, you can't follow the leader's instruction, then I'm sorry, you are not going to reach the very desire that's inside of you. Because sometimes it takes more courage to follow instructions than it does to prophesy. Come on. It takes more, it makes more courage to follow instructions when you know what God can do in your life. Can you follow instructions? Turn to your neighbor and say, turn to your neighbor, can you follow instructions? That is the word of the Lord right now for the church. Because when you can't pull, follow instructions, you can't reach your potential. You, you, you will not make it, you will not make it in life without following instructions. Well, yeah, you may think you as a Jedi. You may think you're this and that, but if you can't follow instructions. So what happened? Mahina looked at her. She's very articulate. Yes, I can. So ladies and gentlemen. Even though Mahina was four, even though she was too short, she became a Jedi. Some of you in this room may feel like you're too old. You're not too old to be a Jedi. Some may think like you're too young. Some may think that you're too sick. I'm here to tell you right now, I'm looking at Jedis right now. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you notice this, they put, a, they put a robe on her. That robe is too big for her. <laughs> and sometimes the mantle that God has for you right now and what has for Valley is too big for us right now. But God didn't say don't wear it. Are you, come on. Don't be worried if it's dragging on the ground. You'll, you'll eventually grow into it. Amen. You should put it on because you're a Jedi. Yeah. But I'm going to say something. We're going to get to the word because I'm going to connect this with this scripture in a moment. But it's not enough, ladies and gentlemen, just to go through the training. We don't go through training just to get knowledge. We don't go through the training to class just so that we can put on the badge or put on a title. Because if you get trained 
to just get a title, you're missing the whole purpose of the kingdom. You don't go to the, the Bible class so that you can get a diploma. You go to training so you can fight the battle. Oh, come on, church. So that you can fight the battles that you have to face in life. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? You, you don't put on your garment. You don't be, you're not given a sword. You're not given the name Jedi just so that you can walk around and be a poser. Because that's what, I'm a Pentecostal, but I'm not a poser. We got too many Pentecostals posing. I don't want to be a poser. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't want to just put on the garment on Sunday morning and then I'm living like I want from Monday through Saturday. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When I put that garment on, I'm never taking it off. When I get that sword, it's in my hand every morning. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I might start preaching in here right now. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you something. It's one thing to go through the training. It's one thing to get the certificate. It's one thing to be handed a sword and put on the garment, and now everybody knows that I'm a Jedi. It's another thing to face your battle. It's another thing that you've got to walk up and stare cancer in, in the eye. That you have to stare divorce in the eye. That you have to stare rejection in the eye. That you have to say unacceptance in the eye. Are you hearing? That's another thing. But God did not train you just so that you could wear a badge. He trained you so you could fight. But I want to say something. So, they put Mahina out in the front, as you saw earlier. She was the first one because she's the smallest. They made her the first one. So, this is what they did. They gave her a sword. They put her garment out. But, ladies and gentlemen, I had to call the kids because the last time I watched Star Wars was 1978. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that a few years ago. Uh, and so what happened now is Kylo Ren comes out. And this big, ugly demon. Because you didn't get trained so that you could run from the devil. You got trained so you could destroy the works of darkness. Come on. That's why you got trained. Because you're carrying the light. You, you are a warrior. Now, you got to understand, I don't know about you, but that picture of that dude looks pretty demonic. He looks pretty evil. Now, to a four-year-old, come on, who's, who, 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 who liked the idea of being a Jedi, because some people like the idea of ministry, but then they don't want the battle that goes along with it. And that's why we don't have longevity in the house of the Lord because we aren't battling enough. We're, we're sitting back and say, I like the I like the la la tipping through the tulips, but once there once Kylo Ren comes at me, I'm out of here. Oh, hear me, hear me. I didn't sign up for this. Now, ladies and gentlemen. Here's what happens. Mahina now has to fight, 
face her giant. They put her out there. Now, that guy's like 12 foot tall. She's maybe two foot tall. And now she realized, I got to fight. But ladies and gentlemen, when she went out there by herself, she had a meltdown. Because now she's looking around crying. But notice that she's got her sword in her hand. Let me just tell you, when she is crying, ladies and gentlemen, what is she doing? She's looking for mama. Are you hearing me? Mommy, where are you? Mommy, where are you? Where are you? Where'd you go? Where'd you go, mommy? But you know what I love? Mommy hid. <laughs> mommy hid. Mommy hid. Now, some of you parents, you think that's cruel. That is not cruel. That's empowering your child. Because mommy knew that courage was inside of her. Oh, come on. And if mommy ran out, then mommy would be the one that had to fight Kylo Ren. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even while she's holding the sword. And ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you something right now. So mommy hid. Some of you in this room right now are going through battles. Hey, who's going through a battle right now? Who's going through battles right now? You know what? Sometimes in the middle of our battle, we don't see God. We don't feel God. We don't even know that he's around. Come on. You know what God is doing? He's hiding. Not because he's trying to discipline you. Not because he's trying to leave you. Not because he's trying to reject you. He's trying to tell you, don't you know, son? Don't you know, daughter? I put something on the inside of you. Yeah, I could run out and I could fight that giant and destroy that giant with one sweep of my hand. But I want you to get the victory. I want you to get the victory. I want you to have victories. And you know what? I'll tell you. He's hiding from us sometimes. Not because he doesn't love us. Not because, not because she, he wants to hurt us. But I want to say this to you. I want you to turn in your Bibles. I'm going to get back to Mahina in a moment. I want you to turn your to Bible to Acts 9. And we're going to start in verse 10. For many of you in this room, this is a familiar passage of Scripture. Acts 9, 10. The first, book, the first part of the book of Acts 9, we see Saul of Tarsus on his way to Damascus because he's on a mission, a mission from hell. He thinks it's a mission from God, but it's actually a mission from hell. But what God does is God intercepts that mission. Aren't you thankful that God intercepted a mission that was trying to destroy you? And basically, the, the light of his countenance, the light of 
his splendor blinds Paul and knocks him off his horse. And he's there laying on the, the dirt and looking up at that light. And, and he hears the voice of Jesus say, Paul, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Now, can you imagine if you're Saul of Tarsus and you grew up in church all your life? He's, he's been in line to become a Pharisee. He is, many people were shaping him to become the next high priest. That means that everything you taught, everything you learned in Bible school is now in a matter of 30 seconds out the window. Because he thinks by persecuting Jesus, he's doing the God thing. And sometimes people can falsely believe that they're doing the God thing when they're actually doing their own thing. But the light of his face shines on Paul. And when Paul looks up to him, he says something that really startled me. He said, who are you? You mean you went to school, you know the Bible in and out. You know the entire Old Testament. You've memorized it and you don't know who he is. Because there's even a possibility to come to a church like this where the presence of God is so real. Where there's miracles and prophecy. But guess what? And still not know who he is. And all of a sudden he's blinded and he has to be led to Damascus. And that leaves us to the text that I'm going to share these next few verses about this man that we're going to read about in verse 10. I'm going to read from the New King James Version today. It says, now there was a certain disciple. Everybody say disciple. I think we need to give a, get, a, get a revelation of what a disciple is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I think that we have reduced discipleship to just Sunday morning. Shame on you shame on you because I, I'm going to tell you something you can't live off of Sunday morning you, you can't live off a 20 minute car wash come on you can't live be, be, because, uh, because, be, be, because because the mother of this church walked up to me and said thank you thank you for not sending us through the car wash come on in just a 20 minute church this is not a car wash this is the kingdom of God We've been washed not by, with a car. We've been washed by the blood. Come on. I've been redeemed by the Lamb. And I didn't just come here for a 20-minute sermon and to leave unchanged and unscathed and unconvicted. I came because I want to be transformed. I'm in a battle right now. I need a baptism of courage this morning. You don't know, preacher, what I got to face. Now, ladies and gentlemen, a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Because I think, I think Luke gives us a definition of what a disciple means right here in this verse. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. Listen to these words. And he said, here I am, Lord. You know what it means to be a disciple? Not an attendee. Not just a member. Praise God that you're here. It's that when God speaks, I'm available, God. Here I am. Whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to say, wherever you want me to go. If you want me to kneel down, come on. 
If you want me to lay on the floor and roll, if you want me to stand on my head, if you want me to run around the church, whatever you want. Come on. If you want me to dance, if you want me to see Waymaker for 20 minutes, I will do it. Come on. Here I am. Do I got any disciples in Caldwell, Idaho? Do I got any disciples this morning that say, here God, here I am. Uh, uh, you got my attention. You got my focus. You got my heart. You got my love. You got my affection. Oh, come on. You got my worship. You got my wallet. You got my family. You got my time. You got my resources. You got my energy. You got everything. Here I am. Here I am. Well, that means he had postured his heart to receive from the instruction of God. I'm looking at a Jedi. And I'm not sure a Jedi. Now listen to this. Listen to what he says. And we'll get back to Mahina in a moment. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to a street called straight. Everybody say straight. Some of us need to understand this. God isn't going to send you down a street called crooked. <laughs> God's not going to send you to a street called twisted. A street called dysfunctional. Come on. A street called demonic. Come on. He's going to send you to a street called straight. Oh, hear, hear me. So, because some people, come on, they get some prophetic word or some crazy word and they think that God's sending them down this windy road. Uh, that's the Beatles song, The Long and Windy Road. I sent you to a street called Straight. I have a straight path, a narrow path for you that I'm calling you to walk. Street called Straight. Now, now sometimes what can happen, ladies and gentlemen, is we can read these verses in the book of Acts and read them too quickly. Because listen to the prophetic detail. God wants to speak that way. And sometimes the church has missed the fact that here is somebody who doesn't have a title except disciple. Are you hearing what I mean? He's a faithful intercessor right here. He, he, he's a retired. He's a school teacher. He's, he's just a disciple of the Lord. And God begins to give him detail. Arise and go down to a street called Straight. Inquire the house of Judas of one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he's praying. In other words, I'm going to tell you the address. Come on. I'm going to tell you the owner of the house. I'm going to tell you that this man, Saul, is there praying. I'm going to tell you what he's doing. Oh, come on. Because here's what's going to happen today. Because, because God wants to deposit that kind of revelation in this church. Because this world, can't, can't, you, 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 they are, they're not going to operate on human reason or be argumentative. That's not going to win, win them to Christ. But when you have that kind of prophetic detail, how many know that if you walk down the street and God told you the owner of the house you walked in, they might encounter the presence of God. Come on. A street called straight. Now listen to this. Because you got to see this. Very powerful. Because then, he goes on to even tell more. Verse 12. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias. In other words, Saul saw you and heard your name. Oh, come on. Coming in 
and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Think about this. The world's blind. And the world is looking for an Ananias to open their eyes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want to tell you, church, God is getting ready to increase the influence of this house further than you know it. Because God is going to call this house to lay hands on what nobody's willing to touch. Come on. Oh, come on. Why? Influential people. Come on. That, that people have demonized. People have rejected. People ha have said they can't accept Christ. They're outside the will of God. God is going to use this house to be the instrument in the treasure valley. Come on. To release sight to these people. Come on, are you hearing me? But I want to show you something because Ananias is a disciple and he says, here I am. Because you know what? When God gives us this kind of clarity and this kind of instructions, how many know that sometimes when I say, here I am, I'm not, expect I'm not expecting what God's going to say. <laughs> because he may require me to do something that I'm uncomfortable with. <laughs> I want you to see this because if you get this, it will change your life. In verse 13, you can put that up for me. Thank you. Then Ananias answered. He answered God, Lord, I have heard. Everybody say, I have heard. So what is happening here? What is going through? Let's get in the mind of Ananias, Dominic. So here's what, because see, Ananias knows Saul's reputation. Are you hearing me? About the evil things that he's been doing, right? And so what he's doing is, because let me just say this. A lot of times, we are not influenced by the voice of God. We're influenced by what other people have said about other people. For instance, I have a relationship with Pastor Renee and Pastor Lynn. And if they tell me something, I will believe it. Right? But when someone comes up to you that you have a relationship and tells you something about somebody you don't know and it could be negative, we've already formed in our mind a perspective about someone we don't even, haven't even met yet. So guess what happens? Because I put weight upon what someone else said about someone else that I have never met, if I don't put weight on the voice of God, it will hinder ministry to that person. You, you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I've heard stuff. I've read stuff. I, I've, and because let me just tell you, church, that, that there is so much stuff out there, even in Christian media, that begins to cause us to form a perspective about people that God wants to redeem Oh, come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? And we cannot be influenced by what we've heard. We've got to allow the voice of God to trump what other people have said. 
Oh, yeah. Are you, you know what I'm saying? And I can tell you something. It takes more courage to minister to somebody when you've heard something negative about them. Then when you've heard all their accolades, come on, all their greatness. But when you hear something evil about them, to minister the heart of the Father, when you've heard negative about them, takes more courage. And what God needs, I need a church. I need a church that will rise up with courage and not be influenced by what they've heard, but will be influenced by the voice of God. You know, I, 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 know you, I know you folks are connected with Bethel Redding. Let, let me give you an example. In many circles, people who have never met the leadership of Bethel or even been to Bethel make certain statements about the ministry that actually hinder people from going there because they've heard something and they don't even know the truth. Rather than asking the Holy Spirit... Asking God to reveal something. They choose to form a theology and a mindset based on what they've heard. I'm not going to that church. Because I heard what they do. They roll. Gold dust falls. Whatever. They fall out. Their services are four hours long. You know, and so what we do is we hinder ministry from happening to us. We hinder from releasing healing in our life. Because God has a solution in Ananias. Ananias is saying, God, I heard this. This is what he says. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many. <laughs> it's all over social media, man. <laughs> And, and the social media, that's the prophet. Come on. Heard from many about this man. Now, here's the interesting thing. A lot of what we heard in our culture is untrue. It really is. It's pretty foolish to establish a theology on, on a, li a, theology on a lie. That's really foolish. But, and honestly, in this, in this context, what Ananias heard was true. Right? But let me ask you, is the voice of God more powerful than what we've heard? Even though it's true, what we heard. Because, listen, bro, I just gave you the details. <laughs> I told you the address. I told you to rise and go. Oh, come on. I told you to go to the street. I gave you the name. I told you what he was doing. I told you that he's blind. So you're going to allow what you've heard to keep him blind. Wait, 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 wait a minute, church. Hear me. You mean that we're going to allow what we've heard about somebody else to keep this world blind? When we're carrying the very solution that could open their eyes inside our hands, inside our heart, that if we just lay hands on what nobody's willing to touch, God will do the rest. Oh, come on and give God a shout of praise in the room. 
Here's ladies and gentlemen, let me, let me tell you about Mahina. So, so, because let me just tell you what Ananias is dealing with. Let me tell you what Ananias is dealing with because I can make the connection with my granddaughter. Our, our, our sister put up that picture. So, so Mahina now, she can't find mama. Mama's not around. She hid. So guess what Mahina has to do? She has to go and face her fear. Because you didn't get trained just to be fearful. Are you hearing me? You got trained to fight. And I want to tell you something. You're a Jedi. You went to Bible school so you would fight for your marriage. You fight for your kids. You prophesy. So you lay hands. You, you're, you're a disciple. You said, here I am. But then you saw Kylo Ren and you want to cry. You know, because to Ananias, because to Ananias, that's exactly who he was. He's a Kylo Ren to little Mahina. I have heard. Now hear me. Mahina waves her sword, but you can't quite get the picture because we didn't get a picture of that clear enough. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you something. She was waving her sword while she was crying. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable in front of all these people. That there are some things that I have to face that I'm very afraid of. Oh, come on, church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be a he-man or I'm, I'm not trying to be macho. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's sometimes I have to learn to wave my sword through my fears. Come on, and through my tears. And I'm not a, I'm not a hypocrite if I'm waving my sword through my tears. I'm being human. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I am afraid, but I got a sword. Come on. I've got a word in my hand, and I have been trained to become a Jedi, and that's why I'm not a hypocrite. I'm just being human. I want to say something to you. She's waving her sword. Meanwhile, if you notice something, how many know that he'll never leave us or forsake us? Even though Mahina was looking for her mama, even though sometimes we're, where are you, God? We have something called the Holy Spirit. That's why if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because let me just tell you, can you imagine trying to face your battle by yourself? Oh, come on. Because what is the Holy Spirit but a comforter? A comforter. Come on. And if you look at that photograph, you'll see that, that one of the workers, as Mahina is waving her sword, that worker is, is encouraging Mahina, you can win, you can win, you can beat that battle, you can, you can save your marriage, that, your, your kids are getting saved, you're going to get blessed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You got the Holy Spirit telling you all the way you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I'm not leaving you. I'm never, ever going to forsake you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I feel like shouting right now. I feel like, oh. I'm right there with you. I'm with you in the hospital. I'm with you in the darkness. I'm with you wherever you go. I'm with you, ladies and gentlemen. And because I'm with you, 
I'm with you. I'm with you in the morning. I'm with you up in the mountains when you're lost. I'm with you every time. Oh, come on, sir. I knew you guys was Pentecostal. I knew it. <laughs> That's why we've got to wave our sword. If there's any time in the history of this earth, it's time for the believers right here at Valley to begin to wave your sword. It may be your first time, I'm sorry, but we're sword wavers over here. <laughs> I'm waving my prophecy. I'm waving my promise. I'm waving my miracle. I'm waving the truth. I'm not waving my fear. Come on. I'm real. I'm crying. I'm broken. But I'm waving my soul. Girl, wave. Wave that sword. You're a Jedi. Wave that sword, daughter. Wave that sword. Fight for your fight for your family, sir. Fight that demon of pornography. Kill that kind of rant of pornography. Don't let it go up. Wave that sword. You got the Holy Spirit. You can do it. I know who you are. I'm inside of you. You've been trained. You know what's amazing, old church? Sometimes we're crying over a battle that's already been won. Because just like Disney, the battle has already been rigged. Oh, come on. You're already a victor. <laughs> he did it on the cross. <laughs> He's already done it on the cross. You already have victory over disease, over sickness and death and demons. You have already won. It's already been rigged. What are you crying for? Why are you coming up with the theology that God, you're, where are you? Why are you around? You ain't here. But fear and what you've heard, what you heard is crippling you from moving forward. Isn't the devil, it's what you've heard. He's already been defeated. Kylo Ren has already lost the battle before she Because there is no way in that arena that Kylo Ren is going to kill Mahina. She's not going to kill my granddaughter. She's already going to win. <laughs> the church is already going to win. The church is already going to win. You say here. Am I supposed to close now or does he come on? No, no, okay, okay. No, I, I'm just joking. Can I tell you something? We'll get back to, 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 to Mahina. I've heard. So because of what I heard, God, I don't think I could go to the house, even though I know the name, the address, and where to go. 
Forget it. Even though your GPS is perfect, man, I'm not going to get lost. But I just can't go there. That's basically what he's saying. Because listen to what he says here in the next verse. Verse 14. He says, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Jesus, I don't want to be bound. I was bound, but now I'm free. I don't want to go back and be bound. So what is Ananias doing? Ananias has his sword in his hand, but he's not using it. Because what he has heard is affecting him from waving his sword. Jesus. But see, God is going to put the ball back in his court. Dominic, he's going to put the ball in our court. We can make all kinds of excuses. Lawrence, we can make, you and I, we can make all kinds of excuses why we can't. You know what it means to be a disciple? You're free from excuses. That's discipleship 101. So he tells God this. Basically says, God, here I am, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> Here I am, but I'm but that's conditional. <laughs> but I love what verse 15 says. But the Lord said. But the Lord says, Go, for he's my chosen vessel. See, what you've heard isn't the truth. Because I chose him. Because how do we not know that there's somebody in Washington, somebody at the State House in Boise, somebody in entertainment, somebody in th something that we don't even agree with their ideology or the way they do things, but they're looking, they're looking for an Ananias. I wish somebody from the church would come and lay hands on me and give me a prophetic word because I'm blind right now. But I've been demonized by legalism. I've been demonized by the church that, are, that, that is making excuses. God says, not this church, not this church, not this house. Go, he's my chosen vessel. How many know that when I get that revelation, it trumps every negative word? I don't care what the press said about. I don't care what, what my friends posted about you. Come on. I don't care if they demonized you. I don't care if they said you're this and you're that and you're this. God said he's my chosen vessel. No, come on, church. Are you hearing me? Can you imagine, can you imagine if Ananias did not obey? We wouldn't have 14 books in the New Testament. Because he would have allowed what he heard to be, to, what he heard was what he was going to obey, not what God said. 
Notice this. Feel the anointing in this room right now because God is raising up Ananias disciples right now with courage. Go, he's my chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Listen to this. For I will show him many things that he must suffer for my namesake. Put verse 17. We've got to start wrapping this up. And Ananias went. You know what, Meliana? I'm sure Ananias is crying. I'm saying the tears are running down his face because he doesn't know when, what's going to happen. But I'm going to, as I'm getting closer to the house, I'm going to wave my sword while I'm crying. Oh, oh, I'm being real. Am I being real? Come on. I'm going to wave my sword because I, even though he told me the outcome, I don't really know what's going to happen when I go into that house. I am afraid. That's why I said what I said, God. I am afraid. But being afraid doesn't mean that I don't have courage. Mm, hear me. Because you know what the opposite of courage is? It's being a coward. Come on. And you are not cowards. You know what? It takes more courage to turn off that pornographic site. Cowards keep it on. Don't be a coward. Let me just say this. He's not a coward because he obeyed. Listen to this. And he went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him. He said, Brother Saul, notice what he calls him. Not demon Saul. Not persecutor Saul. God says, you're chosen. You're now my brother. Oh, come on. You're now my sister. Brother Saul. You're my brother. Because how many know that at that moment, Saul needed a brother? Oh, come on. He didn't need a Pharisee. He didn't need a, he a Sadducee. He needed a brother. This community needs a brother. Come on. needs a sister. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has come as you came has sent me that you may what? Receive your sight. In other words, I'm the answer to your vision problem. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> to receive your sight and what? And be what? Filled. With the Holy Spirit. Jesus. This is what God spoke to me this morning. To share with you. God has called you to touch this community. So that they will receive their sight. And be filled with the Spirit of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, 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 he, just, well he just started. He, well, yesterday he was just persecuting people. Well, he came to church today, but today he's going to get filled. He's going to get filled today. Not filled with what I've heard. He's not just going to fill out a card. 
We got a lot of people filling cards out, but they ain't filled with the Spirit. Listen to this, verse 18. It'll be the last verse. Immediately, there fell from his eyes something like scales. And he received his sight at once. And he arose and was baptized. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. If I've said anything, I want you to remember what I'm going to tell you right now. Ananias receives a prophecy. Ananias is the kind of prophet I want to be, Pastor Richard. A prophet with courage. Because what Ananias does is just more and lay hands on what nobody's willing to touch, Prophet Paul. What Ananias does, is Ananias does what God told, tells him to do and then backs off. And let Saul who turns into the Apostle Paul, get all the glory and get the center of attention. Oh, come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because we don't hear much about Ananias anymore other than in Acts 22 where Paul refers to him, which means, are you willing? Are you willing to go touch somebody and then take a step back? I don't want any credit for this. Come on. I'm just a disciple. Come on. I'm I don't have to be the one that has their name and lights or my picture in the paper that you were the instrument that God opened his eyes. I don't want to be that. I'm willing to take a step back because now Saul becomes the leader. Saul, Paul of Tarsus becomes the great man. And we don't hear anything about. In other words, are you willing to be wiped off the pages? Come on. And but I've been obedient to the voice of God. I've been obedient to heaven. Come on, are you hearing me? That's true humility. No wonder God could trust him. I can because you're a disciple, I can trust to go to his house. Because you're not gonna take credit for anything he does. Paul, the apostle, turned the world upside down. Healed bodies. Did miracle after miracle. The church is alive because of him. But Ananias, nope. He just, we don't hear nothing. He just takes a step back. We don't have enough prophets that are willing to take a step back. And watch other people succeed. Oh, come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We sh our joy should be to watch you succeed and become all that God has for you. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? We need some Ananias. Come on. We need some Ananias. We need some Ananias. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mahina won that battle. She defeated Kylo Ren. It was rigged. Your battle's been rigged too. It's just a temporary, momentary light affliction. <laughs> oh, come on. It's not forever. Hear me. The place around there, they were cheering. They were cheering Mahina like they... Because they couldn't believe that somebody that little was out there fighting. By the world standards, 
We're just a small group of people. Even the amount of people that live in this Treasure Valley, something like 500,000 people live in the Treasure Valley. There's a few hundred people here today. We're little, but we're courageous. But hear me. As she won that battle, all of a sudden, what happened next is now, because she won and everybody was cheering, they marched downtown Disney. And she sang a song. She held the banner. Of course, the banner is bigger than her because she's right there on, my, on your right. <laughs> you can't even see her face because she's so short. And she's walking around singing, we are Jedis. We are Jedis. Guess what? She's not crying anymore because she won her battle. There's mama on, 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 on our right uh, walking alongside the daughter. We are Jedis. And here's what we need to do. Because you know what I'm going to tell you? This is a season when I am going to give you a, something to celebrate about. We are victorious. We are courageous. We have won our battles. Can I hear an amen right now? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I did not listen to what I've heard. You know, Pastor Richard, there's one disciple I want to talk to is Ananias. Because yeah. yeah. I want to know what, what, what was going through, what was going through your heart. What was going through your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, will you do something for me? Will you minister the heart of God? Even when everybody else said negative things about that person, will you minister the heart of God to that person? You could be the very instrument that opened their eyes. Because who was the first person that Saul saw? Ananias, brother. And then takes a step back. How many heard the word of the Lord this morning? Lift your hands toward heaven all over the room. All over the room. Father, we love you. We love your presence. We love your power. We love your grace. I'm going to ask the praise team to come up to the platform and begin to...